Kyle Charters here sitting in for Jared for the rest of today. He will be back again on Monday. I'm pushing story time back just a little bit. You'll have to with me here. We'll bring in Sam King. I think we did get linked up with Sam of the Journal and Courier here on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Sam, are you there? I am here. Hey. Uh, difficulties a moment ago, it sounds like. Yes, we are. We are good to go. Uh Sam, uh, you, you tweeted out uh, Ryan Walter's comments last night, and uh, that gained some traction, to say the least. You did not expect, nor that I, that Purdue's head coach, would really have a whole lot to say that strongly about uh, this uh, alleged, I guess, or in his words, not alleged, sign-stealing scandal at Michigan. But it seems to me that his comments have sort of sped up the train rolling down the tracks here over the last 24 hours. Yeah, and that was the thing that when you were looking through social media, which sometimes is not the wisest decision, uh, but the Michigan fan base was always kind of like, why aren't any coaches coming forward and speaking publicly on this? Or why is there no no consequence as of yet? And then when a coach does, then it quickly shifts to, well, it's produced so it doesn't count or it doesn't matter as much because you're two and six. Uh, Still, you know, I think that, the first coach kind of taking the bait and saying, hey, we've got something, um, concrete evidence here. And, you know, in his, in Ryan Walter's mind, uh, they're, they're facts. They're not uh, allegations. And based on the Yahoo report that, that came out today, you probably can see why he, he believes that. So uh, I do think if this thing was going to move forward, it, you know, coaches, ADs, um, you know, school administration had to put some pressure probably on the Big Ten or the NCAA if it gets to that point to kind of expedite the process here because, uh, you know, there's, there's only four weeks left in the regular season and um, these games become pretty meaningful, um, you know, even in Purdue's case. If, if you can go to Michigan on Saturday and, and steal a win that nobody saw coming, you're still in, in bowl contention, which um, you don't think that's a big deal. But if you can get to a bowl game, that's, that's revenue, that's money that goes to the conference, to your school. Um, there's a lot of parts here that are um, a big piece of this. And then <clears throat> on top of that, you think back just to the you – know, and first of all, Michigan's a really good football team, and I don't think that that school needs to cheat to beat the, the teams that, that it has beaten this year. But there seems to be more and more mounting evidence that uh, this was a recurring thing. And, and you can say all you want that Michigan doesn't need to cheat to beat Purdue, but um, if, if this report is accurate, which you know a lot of people probably can, can say that that's uh, – that's probably a pretty detailed and, and truthful uh, report that Yahoo had. Um, you don't need a cheat to beat Purdue, but you did. So yeah. well, why are you doing that if you don't need to? You know, we know that the Big Ten commissioner uh, sort of jumping into things here early in his tenure is meeting uh, up in Michigan uh, with some Michigan officials today, including uh, the school president, I would imagine the AD, and others. That report from Yahoo's Dan Wetzel who mentions the idea that perhaps Jim Harbaugh could be suspended, perhaps he could be suspended as soon as missing tomorrow night's game. Do you see any scenario in which that could happen that quickly, that we could have some sort of uh, decision here by the Big Ten? That would feel to me awfully quick. But there are indications, too, that the Big Ten, the other coaches are putting a a whole lot of pressure uh, on the Big Ten to do something. Yeah, and, you know, if this was a, a first instance of, of something, people forget Michigan uh, already has had some uh, 
problems this season, and Harbaugh missed, what, the first four games, I think. Um, then he, he fought that and he decided not to fight it. Um, you have that. You have the, the other staff member with, you know, uh, things going on there, and uh, just this stuff seems to keep piling up. And, and when you do that, then it becomes, you know, uh, an issue where, like, you know, we're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you've been caught doing this, now you're caught doing this whatever it might be. Um, you know, the, the thing that I laugh about is a lot of the people saying, uh, why has there been no punishment yet? Well, those people, I don't think, understand how an investigation works. You don't just, yeah. you know, hear a rumor and then jump to conclusions and, and punish somebody. You do your due diligence if you do it correctly and, uh, you know, get as much evidence as possible to then invoke whatever fines or suspensions or whatever you feel is adequate for based on the the circumstance so um that does seem pretty rushed but i also know that you know this isn't going to michigan and and being the first um time any of this has been brought up you know michigan's known this now for several weeks that uh coaches are are on to what uh allegedly is happening there um there was a rumor that michigan state wasn't even going to play michigan a few weeks ago uh because of of this so uh i think that you know this thing is, is far from over, but but having a coach be suspended, you know, one day after a meeting with the school does seem a little bit um, kind of rushing the process here. Yeah, the Big Ten will have to have enough information. I mean, we're talking about big money, big business here in college football, and there's just no way it's going to rush into doing something if it does not know for certain that it has um, enough evidence. Uh, to be able to justify its decisions there. Just just simply simply not going to happen. Talking to uh, Sam King, covers the Boilermakers and a bunch of other things uh, for the Journal and Courier on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Sam, Purdue will play the football game tomorrow night. I know there have been some people that, that have suggested that Purdue should just sort of uh, protest by not playing. It will not do that. It can't do that. I, it would be a, a tremendously bad look for a team that is a a four-plus touchdown underdog to just decide it was not going to play, even if it was justified in its mind not doing that. It'll play the football game. Um, what This is usually the stuff we talk about. What, what does Purdue have to do to, to hang in there? Uh, well, yeah, first of all, if Purdue doesn't play, I think NBC is going to be quite upset. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Given the, the primetime nature of that game and and that it's had ads running now for a couple weeks to, to promote that game. But... Uh, it's an uphill climb for Purdue. Uh, the Boilermakers are not totally healthy. Um, you're you're really reaching to the bottom of the barrel to to find linemen at this point. Um, but defensively, I think that uh, Purdue can hang uh, for a while. It's just this is the best offense, uh, even including Ohio State that Purdue has played all season long. Um, you got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback and probably a you know a dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate at running back. So that tandem alone um, is tough to, to overcome. But Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane, they kind of set a blueprint last year at Michigan for how to defend this team. And yeah. I think it was a, a last-second field goal or right at the, the end of the game field goal that Michigan needed to beat Illinois. Uh, so you know that you have a scheme that can be successful against it. Now, that said, I'm sure Michigan is also – preparing to say, hey, they did this against us last year, and it fared very well against us, so we got to find a way to, to beat that scheme. But uh, Purdue's linebackers that, that we talked to this week, uh, Nick Scorton and Cadron Jenkins, both said that 
they're doing some, some different things that uh, people haven't seen yet, different schemes, and uh, they seem very excited for, you know, the, the outlook of what that could uh, do to cause problems for Michigan's offense. Where I see the, the bigger issue being is that Purdue's offense looks absolutely atrocious right now, yeah. and Michigan is allowing five points a game or something like that. So um, when points are already hard to come by and then you're going against a defense like that, that's a, a bad recipe. So if Purdue does stay in this thing, it's going to have to be on the back of its defense kind of keeping Michigan out of the end zone and making this a low-scoring dogfight type of a game. Yeah, it's going to have to do something uh, to counter offensively to be able to overcome that Michigan defense, which, as you said, I mean, it's given up, uh, what, 5.9 points. has only allowed opponents nine times to get in the red zone on those nine trips. Opponents have only scored three times. Just one of those a touchdown. I mean, the numbers go on and on for the Wolverines. Sam, let's transition here a little bit, talk a little bit of a Friday night football, some sectional action here. Uh, locally. Uh, let's hit on the three games here quickly. CC is traveling to Seeger uh, for a kick at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, CC has uh, won the last couple of games in that series. What can you tell me about the matchup tonight? This was a, this was a rematch of the season opener that uh, CC did struggle with a little bit early and then kind of imposed its will late uh, and, and ended up winning uh, whatever it was, like 35-8 to eight or something like that, I think. Uh, Central Catholic is playing really, really well right now, and then uh, just seems to, to have a different gear that that the Knights can turn it on. Last week, I think, was trailing at one point 24-8 and never let Rochester score again and ends up winning 28-24. Um, I always felt, kind of even when Central Catholic was sitting at 1-3, and three, that this team had the potential to play all the way until the final weekend of the season, and uh, I still believe that to be the case. So, you know, I think this is going to be a, a game where Seager's had a great season, has a, a, a great record at 8-3, and three, but uh, I think that there's a lot more talent on Central Catholic's roster. Harrison travels to play at Decatur Central tonight in what should be a, a, a very good game, I would imagine. The Raiders are 9-1, and one, uh, Central is 8-2. Is and two. Uh, First meeting for these teams in the playoffs. I think I read earlier this week, perhaps you wrote it in the JNC, that the winner of this game most likely will be favored uh, next week. Man, quite an opportunity here uh, for Harrison, it would seem, if it can go on the road and get a win. Yeah, and, and that will be a road game next week, um, regardless if it's Harrison. Uh, but you're right. Uh, these are two really good teams. The Cater Central has played a much more challenging schedule. Uh, but Harrison last week uh, against Plainfield, the only team that's beaten Harrison this year, went out and just you know dominated that game and, and I think really uh, – said the team that you guys saw in week two is not the same team that, that Harrison is now. And I believe this Harrison team thinks it's on a mission. Um, there's a couple of key components, though, that uh, it sounds like Harrison's going to be without Chris Ferguson, who's the team's leading rusher, uh, probably the team's best athlete. And uh, that's a setback. But Harrison is built on speed kind of all over. And uh, then also has a big bruising fullback. So, uh, you know, I think that this is going to be a, a close game, and uh, you're right, the same thing as a year ago where Harrison felt like it, if if it can win that sectional, got a great chance to go to semi-state, and that's the case again this season. Hanover Central is undefeated 11-0 <laughs> at West Lafayette tonight, 8-3. and uh, What can you tell me about this game? I mean, uh, it, it seems to me that it should be a, a close one tonight. Yeah, and... This is the rematch of last year's sectional championship, and it was uh, at that time it was two 11 and 0 teams. And, and West Lafayette was a better team last year than it is this year. 
uh, I think Hanover Central just thought last year, like, you know, had steamrolled a, a kind of a weak schedule for the most part and, and thought it was going to do the same against West Lafayette and, and never saw what was about to come. Uh, it, it, you know, Hanover's defense played against the pass for whatever reason with crazy wins and, and everything else, played to defend the pass all night, and, and West Lafayette is a, you know, a team that will take whatever you're going to give it. If you, if you say we'll let you pick a part of our defense with five-yard out, you know, West Lafayette will do that all night long. And what the Red Devils did was just ran the ball right right down Hanover Central's throat. Uh, I think the running back had 40 carries. Uh, the quarterback last year for West Lafayette, who's no longer there, had a ton of rushing yards as well. So uh, I, I think Hanover Central probably knows a little bit more what to expect now and not to just go in there and think, well, you've got a, a quarterback who's thrown for over 2,000 yards defend the pass. Um, probably to Hanover Central's advantage, you know, it did play West Lafayette in the sectional championship last year. And I do expect this to be, you know, last, last year's game was not close. I expect this one to be much closer and, and probably come down to the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Sam, I thank you as always for your time, especially uh, hanging in there through whatever was going on with my phone line there for for just a moment. I cannot imagine how you're going to sleep between now and sometime on Sunday, but best of luck to you. Uh, we'll look forward to your reports from everywhere here uh, over the next couple of days. Yeah, you kept me tuned in with this uh, hook of the story <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to force everybody to hang in there through another break because I'm forced to take it. Uh, I did not mean, to, I swear I did not mean to do this. I'm not like, uh, trying to make everybody hang on, but, uh, the, 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 the tech issue threw me off for the whole show here. So I've got to take another break. Uh, Sam, you'll, you'll have to stand by, uh, to listen on the other side. Uh, we will do that. Thanks again to Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier for, for joining us. Uh, break time, then story time. We'll do that coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017.